Hello there. Welcome back to another episode of the Gamers Guild, the Star Wars Shatterpoint edition. Today we're going to be covering pretty much everything that AMG has announced since the squad building update. So, my name is Kenny, and welcome to the Gamers Guild. Like I said, we are going to be covering a total of five AMG transmissions about the Star Wars Shatterpoint game. A lot of rule spoilers and even some uh, fun character spoilers for us to cover. Uh, tonight I've got Sean with me. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. How are you doing, Kenny? I am doing great. I'm excited for how this game is shaping up. And also joining us, we've got Matt. How are you, Matt? I'm great. How are you, Kenny? Uh, still doing great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, very excited. You ready for, for me? Yeah, you ready for Adepticon to even demo the game? Ready to demo and go? Yes. Am I finished painting stuff? No. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. You can paint on a plane, right? Oh, I'm driving, so that'd be a little hard. <laughs> I'll just use uh, one hand. You'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, I've seen people do worse things in Drive, so. Truth. I mean, your lines might look a little sloppy, but I mean, that's nothing you can't touch up at a stoplight. Uh, no, I'm almost done. I should I should be done by tomorrow night, so we're good. Good. That's awesome. Um, so let's uh let's get into this because we got, like I said, a lot of content to cover. So, Sean, why don't you take us through the first of these uh these articles about the uh, the missions ah uh, giving me the hard one i see how it is yes i'm uh, i'm lazy <laughs> and my brain my brain was too small to understand this article yeah it's one of the most vague articles i've seen them give in some time at least on anything really um so yeah missions so <clears throat> going over this it is a struggle meter it starts at zero for the middle um, and it goes back and forth from side to side. Uh, one player will be on one side, the other will be on the other. And it kind of goes back and forth until you reach the first player that reaches the end of that struggle meter will get the win the phase, if you will. It is will be a two out of three. So the first player to win two phases wins the game. Um, but you do not re-rack or anything like that between phases. Instead, all your characters will keep their um, wounds, forces, powers, all that kind of stuff, um, and stay in position when the next phase comes. You have a momentum token that can be added on from certain effects like wounding a character, which we'll get into that um, further on into the episode. But when you do anything that like earns one of these momentum tokens, it will actually put a token that blocks the higher numbers that you need on your side of the tracker, meaning you don't have to go as high on the tracker to score your or win the phase. Makes sense. Uh, now, that makes a lot more sense, like looking at the picture and hearing you say that. Like I was trying to read the article and make sense of what it was telling me. I was like, I have no idea what is going on. Right, right. It's a. It. I think you kind of are able to put the picture 
more together once we get into the other articles and it kind of mentions more about momentum and and those yeah. things of like how that's built right you get points just by scoring the mission itself i don't think they've mentioned that's the high majority of way you're going to get points um they it kind of alluded to there may be other ways to get points outside of that but i've not seen anything that has shown what that would be um so going forward phase one is just a set mission now let's say kenny you and i are playing and you beat me phase one when we go into phase two there's a new car that will be shown for that mission uh, for this one that we get in this example says like we're going to need a new exit and it is two separate parts of a, of a mission map um, the symbols themselves, I've noticed, are the symbols on the defense dice. One would be a block, one is an expertise, and one is a failure. Uh, what that's going to allude to, I'm not 100% sure yet. I don't think they've really revealed that for the missions. But as the losing player, I get a slight leg up going into the next phase by me being able to pick which one of those sides I want to become the active um objectives for that next phase interesting yeah that i didn't make the connection with the defense dice um at the time because i mean we didn't know what was really on the defense dice and what those symbols meant and i didn't think to because like they just did the like the dice overview this past week and so i didn't think to like go back and look to see what else had had been done so that's a that's kind of interesting i wonder if like there's any kind of like specific interactions that'll have with the dice that is what i'm kind of wondering too i'm wondering if it's like kind of like with um mcp to use the frame of reference of just like when you can count a dice face or it changes like a cover for instance like you change a, an unsuccess to a successful block to like the blocks face. I'm wondering if that has that effect here too, but that does make it interesting to me because one of those is a failure showing maybe you turn a success into a failure. If you're in that or on that objective point. Well, yeah. like going back and reading that shifting priorities card, they showed us uh, during the second and third struggles, you roll a defense die at start of each of their turns and you could consult that little map that's given on that mission card and it corresponds with that dice roll. Ah, okay. Okay. That's <laughs> what it means. Well, thank <laughs> you. It makes sense if we read. Right. Right. I appreciate it, Matt. Thank well, you. Well, while you were talking, Thanks. I was going back and reading that since I was like, wait a minute. I, <laughs> I remember reading that somewhere now. And uh, it's not the sex for phase one either. It's also random for uh that good objective as well got it yeah yeah all right but yes that is so now knowing that um it would be up to the losing player of the previous phase to pick which um one you're going to go with hmm yeah that'll be interesting i i really like the the tug of war seeming at least mentality of like the momentum tracker or the struggle tracker. Um, I feel like I'm going to call it both all the time. So if I say the wrong thing, sue me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I like that. How like that's going to go back and forth. And I'm, 
curious to see like just how much like the impact of the missions will go into that um because obviously like you're putting um the momentum tokens on you're moving the struggle cube back and forth so like how like these all are gonna come together and like an actually feel during gameplay um will be really interesting to see and we'll have an answer on that pretty soon at adepticon yes i'm currently the only one on this cast that will be going and i'm definitely getting a demo in on friday that's my number one priority at the beginning of the day is getting a time slot to play that get that demo yeah in. yeah hopefully uh justin and our supreme ruler nate will be doing the same thing just to so we can get as many demos in the cast as possible yeah, I think that's um, our game plan. So I think we're all just meeting up like first thing to go get in line okay. to get our time slots. Awesome. Um, yeah, I mean that seems like the gist of missions. Like what are what are y'all's thoughts? Any final thoughts on just like the missions or shall we move on? I've uh I do have one showing the the steel and secret plans missions that they showed, if that is showing that that's like five objectives on one, uh, like on that beginning mission, that's going to be really interesting because that seems very high scoring. Um, having five off the, off the rip. Once you start gaining the momentum tokens, uh, you can have a really big swing turn to where if it's more towards the center, you could just blast through and win the phase in one turn. Cause yeah. I do I do believe I we do know uh, from other sources that you do not score at all turn one. So if you have the person, if you're the person with priority and you go first, you cannot score that turn. But once that turns over, then you go back to the back and forth. Then you can scoring happens from then on out. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see like when scoring is done. I want to say it's the in the end of an activation like the, from what it's so that's going to be very very like quick back and forth then right yeah that'd be interesting if that's, it is that way that mean that's that's crazy that's going to be fast if it is mm-hmm. right if because because we have we have to remember there's no rounds in this game true yeah that's true so let's see yeah, a player that controls one or more active objectives marked with a priority objective token moves the struggle cube token one additional space toward their momentum tokens at the end of their turn. So there mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, this is going to be... This is a, a very back-and-forth tug-of-war thing. So, I mean, the yeah. momentum goes all the way to eight, it looks like. So, I mean, trying to score it fast might be to your advantage if you can actually tactically do that. Yeah, score it fast and get a bunch of momentum tokens and you could be set. Interesting. Um, Let's go ahead and jump over to the next article. Uh, This is just general gameplay. Um, So we've got two movement tools. We got, I guess, a long and a short tool. Um, Not anything, no like mediums or anything like that, like we have in, Uh, MCP, but the long tool is used when a character makes an advance while the short is used for a number of different movements like dashing, jumping, and climbing. 
Um, and then we've also got range tools. So we've got uh, range two through five, just like MCP. And then range one is just the width of each one of those tools. And then there's the last tool, which I don't think it said exactly what that tool was, but we see it and it's kind of weirdly angular. Uh, there's speculation like that's a push tool or, I mean, I think it could possibly be like a jump tool or a climbing tool as well. But well, it does have what like did y'all think? Arrow on one of the one of the little angled parts, angled upwards. Yeah, yeah, it's just a weird little arrow, like <laughs> just because it's so angled awkwardly. My guess um, would I would go with the jump tool if I had a guess. Yeah, and that also the jump if we call it the jump tool. Um, it's also like the width of it is range one as well. Um, so that's the gist of the tools that we've seen. Oh, that's um, actually, then, that's the shove tool. That's what that tool is. Oh it's, yeah. It does say it's the shove tool. Oh, nice. Yeah. Whatever. Full range tools, number two through five and a shove tool. And then two movement tools. This article was. And also Almost like a month four ago. Weeks ago. Yeah, for uh, February 27th. So yeah, it's a while ago. Um, and I did not make any like cliff notes for myself. Um, and then uh, we just have what characters can do during their activations. And so when a unit activates, uh, it can make up to two actions. And so the basic actions in Shatterpoint are move. So each character in the unit may advance, dash, or climb. You've got focus, and so the next attack made by each character in the unit, this activation, adds one die to its attack roll. There's combat, where each character in the unit may make an attack. Ability, the unit may use an ability that requires the use of an action. So not all abilities will require an action, but some will. Recover, each unit or each character in the unit may heal. When a character heals, it may remove one condition or one damage from itself or another allied character within two of it. So you got some potential support healing as well that you can be doing on your turns. And then the last action is take cover. So each character in the unit is pushed and gains a hunker token, which improves its defense against ranged attacks. So some uh, pretty unique abilities here. Everyone having access to a heal is pretty cool, I think. Yeah, yeah, especially absolutely. since your people don't come back between struggles. Um, what do you think, Sean? What's a what sticks out to you amongst the actions? I like to take cover, um, especially like for early game or just like your ranged um, units that you're going to have anyway. Um, being able to move forward, like advance, try to get behind something, but at the same time, like shoving forward and then taking shots while you're having this hunger token. So you're getting a bit better coverage from shots back. Um, again, I'm not sure we know how cover from terrain is going to work yet, but I'm sure like something with hunker and that will be like, what if like you can like stack those potential abilities of like, Hey, I have cover from this and I have a hunker token. So good luck. You never me. take damage. Right, right. So like you're just like a rain. Like I can shoot you, but good luck doing damage to me if you're shooting back. 
Yeah. Seems a uh, seems cool. I'm uh, excited to see how these all factor in as well. Like which characters are just going to want to like do more combat, which characters are going to want to recover or focus on taking cover and securing objectives. It'll be interesting. Yeah, I like that the um, focus mechanic will uh, let you help try to alleviate some of that take cover too, since it'll add a die to your attack rolls. Yeah. Like, it makes me think, like, oh, it would be cool. Like, I think uh, they've said that Obi-Wan's uh, clones are going to be more of, like, ranged clones, whereas Anakin's are, like, more closer combat clones. Like, the. Um, and so, like, it would be cool, like, having, like, a sniper sitting up on like some watchtower focus to make like their next snipe shot that much stronger potentially. That'd be really cool. Of course they'll have to be in the high ground. So yeah, exactly. You have to declare you have the high ground in this game as well. Like that, that doesn't take an action though. Um, and then, uh, the most interesting piece to me that's come out about the game so far is the order deck so each character or each unit has a car or a unit order card that gets shuffled into the order deck and so throughout the game um at the start of your turn you draw the top card of the order deck so you're not choosing like oh i want darth maul to activate here i want to activate my b1 battle droids it's like oh no you have to activate um, Gar Saxon instead of whoever else. Um, and so that order or that deck determines the order in which you activate your characters. However, like it's not completely random or not, com- not completely out of your control. Um, you have an option to just place a drawn ca- card in the reserve. Uh, it'll cost you something that is unknown yet. But if you choose to place your card in the reserve you immediately draw the next order card from the top of your deck and activate that unit instead and then on a future turn uh you can choose to activate the reserve unit instead of the top court card of your deck and you can only have one card in reserve at a time so this is really interesting but before i say any more on it what do y'all think I'm interested to see how this turns out. Um, that was one of the major distractions for for me for Legions because of the random activations. Um, but since you have a little more control over this one, I, I think it won't be as big a deal for me uh, when it comes to that since you can actually reserve, like, hold that action or activation to uh, potentially have a better tactical analysis of it. Yes. Uh, on a similar note, yes, it's somewhat Legion esque. You know, they have like their order token to, uh, mechanic. This is something that kind of harks to that in a way. Um, I do know with them, they have their kind of general card or their order card that they get to play that somewhat controls that. This game will have the reserve option um, as well. It's going to be very interesting. I know the Shatterpoint card in particular is like a wild card. So if you draw, or when you draw it, rather, you can pick any of your units to activate. So that kind of helps mitigate it too outside of the reserve. 
um, it'll be really interesting. I'm excited for it. Um, I I did enjoy that aspect of Legion, but I knew I know that a lot of people that do have played slash tried Legion. That's one of the major hangups of that game is the, the bit of the randomness. Yeah, and I, I I was not a fan of this at first, but I've thought about it a little more, and it's kind of nice too in a way because that means your opponent's not able to activate like Darth Maul or someone like maybe immediately when they want to, unless like you know they get a little bit of luck on their side or. Um, and so like you can be like oh like I really don't want this character to activate here and like that might actually help you out too in a regard so you're having to be a lot more on your feet with this um, instead of like having like just like you know oh here's exactly what I'm going to do like I'm going to activate this character first and then this character and it'll force them to activate this character it's like no like you don't have a choice now and so you just are stuck with what you get. Um, and then like the Shatterpoint card seems really cool too. Cause it's just a wild card in your deck that allows you to activate whoever you want, even if they've already activated with their order card previously. So that's a, that'll be a cool little piece in there. I also appreciate that Hondo and on that card art. Cause he's a character I'm really wanting in this game. That'd be really cool to get them. Yeah. Um, and the last thing they talk about with the uh, the order deck is the uh, will of the force and the force tokens. Um, and so each primary character has in the top right corner of their card has or has a force stat. Um, and so or it says typically only primary units have a force stat. So we'll probably see some secondaries at some point that do as well. Um, But uh, each time you shuffle through your deck, you get to reset your force points. Um, And so like, let's say you have Anakin and Ahsoka as your primaries. Uh, You would have seven force points to use on abilities, which we will cover in a little bit. Um, But that's just a, a resource pool that they've implemented in this game. And so that seems pretty cool um good way to like make sure you're able to use your cool characters abilities but not just go crazy with them but that's what we want to do though that is what you want to do but i don't know balance yeah you know that whole thing right yeah um (laughs) so what are y'all's thoughts on just the gameplay overview what are you excited for what are you worried about potentially I'm curious on what resource it's going to cost to reserve a um, card or unit card. Um, I thought for some reason at first it was actually force as well. Like it costs you a force point to do it. But now going back over, I've not seen where I've potentially got that frame of reference from. This just has me very curious on like what else it could be as a resource. Um, maybe like removing a momentum or something like that. Like it's like let's say you've accumulated momentum on your tracker and you're like, well, I can remove a momentum to reserve this card. Like that would be an interesting resource Ooh. outside of like force to me, right? So you're sacrificing winning sooner to get a better play 
um, with your cards. That also makes it to where you can't just pop reserves early game, too. Um, yeah. Something else I did want to mention, too, and I guess for like frame or just like using kind of very frame versus uh, that is uh, there was an interview with Kravok that happened where he got to interview with Will Schick. And one of the things that we found out from the interview is reserving the Shatterpoint card um, actually does not let you just keep it in reserve. It shuffles it back into your deck. That's interesting. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that piece. Yeah, which that, that's going to be also very interesting, too. I mean, that's probably good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, just not having played the game, like, I feel like that's a good decision. That way you right. can just, like, save, <laughs> save yeah, a key. Yeah, you can't just always reserve the Shatterpoint card to activate the specific uh, unit you need to at the time. I yeah. agree, yeah. <laughs> Even though it's what we all would want to do. But, yeah, that seems... I like that. I like that mechanic, actually. So, I mean, that way you actually have to make a actual choice. Yeah. Well, uh, let's go ahead and let's start jumping into the stat card overview. Matt, if you want to just take us through stat cards and abilities and all that fun stuff. All right. Um, well, they let us see Anakin's uh, card. So his... Uh, if you look on the front of the card, it'll say General, their name, General Anakin Skywalker. Uh, then underneath that, we'll have their abilities that they can use. The bottom left is going to be what tags they have, so which like which units they can affect. Like Anakin is 501st, uh, he's a Force user, he's part of the Galactic Republic, and he's a Jedi. And the bottom right on the front of the card is going to have their stamina is the top with the red symbol. And then their durability, which is the blue symbol underneath that. Um, there's uh, several different type of abilities. Um, the first one is active. So its symbol is like a circle with a downward arrow. Uh, they can be used any time during a unit's activation. Um, if it begins with an action, they must spend an action to use that ability, though. And those active abilities always have a force cost. Uh, there's reactive. Uh, it looks like a circle with uh, two opposing arrows, so like it's just going around and around. Uh, they can only be used with a specific triggering event. Um, they always state when the rules uh, and what force costs they have. If And then each player may only use one reactive ability in response to a single trigger event. So even though you might have multiple triggers off one event, you can only use one ability during that reaction. Uh, then they have innate abilities. Um, it's just a circle with a horizontal line across the middle. Uh, they're always in effect. They never have a force cost. Um, in addition to normal innate abilities, some units have special uh, special ones called uh, known as tactics and identity innate abilities. Uh, so a tactic one is a circle with a plus sign. Um, the, these abilities allow units to work together. Uh, so I assume it's like when it wrecks and it can affect other Galactic uh, Republic units uh, like they previewed mm -hmm. in other transmission earlier. And those are always resolved at the start of a unit's activation. And then the identity one is a circle with like a vertical line with a starburst in the center. Those are unique to primary units. And uh, that ability explains how it's triggered and used. 
Uh, let's see, Anakin's card. He has one called uh, "This Is Where the Fun Begins." So when a character in this unit wounds a uh, enemy primary unit or enemy secondary unit, after the effect is resolved, move the struggle token one space towards your momentum tokens. Then if the wounded unit is a primary unit, each Galactic Republic character uh, may stamina. So I assume like gain a stamina back. Yeah, probably heal. <clears throat> yeah. So uh, those identity innate ones will only be on the primary primary units. Yeah, kind of like a leadership in Crisis Protocol. Yep. Um, uh, they also gave us a little glance at uh, Bo-Katan's. Uh, she has the in tactic innate ability of Pride of Mandalore. So at the start of her activation, choose another Mandalorian character. They may... I think that's jump or advance. I can't remember that one off the top of my head. Gives us another example of a, a tactic innate ability. Yeah. These, uh, there's all these different symbols are going to be fun to get used to. Uh, I will always call the active symbol, the avatar symbol. <laughs> Cause it looks exactly like the last airbender. Um, but the other thing too is, um, how the stamina and durability work. So I guess it's, he basically has a total of 14 hit points is what I gathered. Um, so you reduce your stamina and then you take three or more wounds to completely defeat him on his base durability of three. Is that, is that kind of what uh, oh, I understand? My, it? I understanding I right? think, yeah. So you have to I go thought... through all their stamina first and then you do need to do the, the durability to actually, you know, get rid of them to defeat Got you. Them. I thought it was you do 11 and then they take a durability and then it like it resets. So they take 11. You That means you do a durability and then they, you have to do 11 again to do another durability. Oh, because something else that was mentioned too is it's going to be very rare that units just actually just die in this game. Well, but every time you do the wound, because you go through their stamina to wound them, um, and when you wound them, so that means they take a damage and durability. And then, But also, when you wound a character in this game, you gain a momentum. Yeah, so it does kind of read that way, because it says, so it takes 11 damage to wound Anakin based on his stamina value of 11, and 3 or more wounds to defeat him based on his durability of 3. Right. So yeah, each time you do eleven, you wound him, and then to wound him three times, you got to do thirty-three damage to his stamina. That's that seems that's like a lot. nuts. That's nut yeah. right? Yeah, it's gonna take a lot to actually remove models in this game. Well, I think was it like all models, or was it specifically the primaries that he said it was hard to completely kill? I think uh, it was primar- the primaries. Primaries for sure, but I mean, it's. I think he said uh, in again in that interview to not to hark too much into that. Um, out of all of the playtesting they've done on their house, like their side in house, he's only ever seen a primary unit get removed from the table one time. Sweet, that's, that's actually good. Right. Um, something else too to mention. Uh, actually, no. Continue, Matt. I think it actually just goes over this as you go further along. But if not, then we can mention it later. But yeah, go ahead and continue. I mean, go ahead and mention what you were because I'm yeah. I might have missed it. 
so, yeah. so when you get wounded, when you have a wound, um, all of your f- active force abilities on your character cost an additional force to do for each wound. Oh, yes. So you inherently yeah. become a bit weaker because it, things become more expensive the more hurt your character is. Um, another thing, too, is when you have taken your durability full in damage, so if you've Anakin, for instance, here, gets wounded three times, he is not removed immediately. He officially is removed from the board after his next activation. So you kind of get one last hurrah with that character before they're removed from the table. Jeez. Interesting. That's, I mean, kind of good. But I feel like you put all that effort into killing him, and he's like, ha I still get to go one more time. Hey, you just thought I was, <laughs> you just thought I was gone. It's like that right. meme with like, yeah, call an ambulance, but not for me. Oh, yes. Amazing. Um, Yeah, I I like the way the character cards shape up. I like the the design of the cards, like the layout. Like, I think it's very clean looking. Um, Yeah, I I like that as well. And I like it's it's not overly busy. Um, Yeah, like the initial like just harking back to MCP a little bit since we all play that um, as well. It's like some of those other earlier cards, like we're just walls of text, like, you know, Dr. Voodoo. <laughs> so like, it's oh, easy Lord. to like <laughs> get lost in that card. And like, these are very clean. Uh, they seem pretty straightforward. There's not overly amount of like uh, defense die rolls on this, but we probably have some more of that in other cards <laughs> that we're going to talk about here soon. Yeah. And speaking of that, let's go ahead and jump into the attacks and stance card overview. Sean, you want to take that away for us? Yeah, absolutely. So first thing on the article, it goes over actually how the dice work. We have two separate sets of dice in this game this time around. So we do have the classic uh, D6 and D8s. D8s are your attack dice. Um, You have four faces on them which is critical attack expertise strike and failure defense dice on your d6s will have block defense expertise and failures um per this it does not look like we will have any blanks on your dice it will just be those faces that have been stated here so i like that because i mean otherwise why put a failure marker on there (laughs) Right, exactly. I, I'm I'm a fan, personally myself too. Oh, well, I mean, that failure mark does tie back to the, those objectives we talked about earlier, though. It does. It does. So, going forward from there, you have your stance cards that uh, your units will also have. So, just the unit card itself is not the full picture of each of your characters. They have their stance card that goes over. Their combat tree, which we'll get into that in just a second, how that works. The expertise chart, which when you roll expertise, you'll get some um, benefits for that. Um, the stance theme itself, of course. Um, and then your melee and range stats of the, your attacks. So, for instance, here they have Ahsoka. She has the Jarkai stance name. Um, uh, she has no ranged attacks because for the 
d8 value it has a dash so she does not attack but she has five range defense so meaning she would roll five dice to defend against range attacks her melee she has seven um, attack dice with again five melee defense um, the combat tree has a number of six equal to the number of successes you would get you can advance up the tree now that also means however many is not blocked so if i roll my seven i guess an opponent let's say it rolls four um, if i get five successes and they have two blocks i would go up the combat tree three times um, the one thing i'm not sure of is do you get all of the results on the tree as you go up the tracker or do you pick one um, this is kind of reminiscent to the playbook um, mechanic and guild ball that they have where you would roll for successes and depending on the amount you would go up this tracker that's very similar to this um, in that game you pick one you don't get to do everything that you cross well, unless um, you wrapped around that game, then you could. Unless, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, unless so you did. Yeah, Guild Ball's uh, pretty sweet. Um, but yes, you were correct. Yeah, there was a wrap mechanic, which I. There was no I mention of that here. I mean, if having five defense dice, I doubt we'll be able right. to wrap around. I agree, it's especially with how long like some of these arena are. Rocks as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, then the expertise chart also explains, like, you could potentially get. Um, additional successes through it or um you, on your defense one you could potentially have more um blocks things like that some even have like jumps or healing involved depending so there's a lot of interesting things going on with the expertise charts um adds a bit of flavor i like the mechanics of the unit card combined with this because you really don't get the full picture of just seeing one or the other of a character it really takes both to kind of really get a full feel for how a character is really going to be on the table yeah i uh i think one of my favorite things about these stance cards is that we just have range and just have melee attacks we don't have 50 different attack names and all 50 attacks do different things. Like obviously that's what the combat tree and the expertise charts are for. But as far as like, Oh, I'm going to roll a melee attacks. Like, okay. And it's really easy to just go in, look and see what they're rolling. And there's just no complicated names. or like trying to say like, Oh, like a claw strike versus a normal strike or whatever. Like it's just melee range, clean, and simple. I'm really looking forward to using that combat tree because that was one of my favorite things of Guild Ball was selecting my result from the playbook. And that looks really similar to it. Yeah, the combat tree looks really cool. Um, just I just want to know what all the symbols mean. Like some are probably like damage symbols. Some are looks like Ahsoka has a bleed symbol maybe on it looks like drops of blood so looks like one might be a push um yeah um, the um the one i'm noticing here under lightsabers is uh the first ones will seem to be additional strikes so if you get like two, one to two expertise that's two extra strikes so two successes three to four is two crits two criticals 
and five plus is three criticals. And something to note about criticals, they're, they don't, there's no exploding dice like an MCP in this game. Criticals are non-blockable successes. Yep. I, I like that a lot too. Yeah. Um, I don't need 20 dice attacks or I don't need to roll like, I mean, I, it'll feel probably just as bad if someone rolls like five criticals on their attack and you like roll four blocks and can't block them. But yeah, that's yeah, just, pretty that's rough. just, that's just dice, but also like you have a 33 health Anakin essentially. So like, yeah, yeah the big you're taking a saber to the face, right? Yeah. I mean, the bigger well, attacks will, will feel maybe a little better. I don't know, but I, hopefully there's only one of those per tie. <laughs> Only one of that face. Yeah, I would. I would imagine like, I mean, I would imagine like a critical is one side, um, attack expertise is one side, strike maybe four and failure two, or maybe we get two attack and expertise and three strikes and two failure. I don't know, but I'd imagine critical, depending on like how powerful the attack expertise is. And how powerful the critical is, like relative to each other, like one of them is probably one, and one of them is probably two. I'm, I'm going to go. I would guess criticals one, expertise two, strike three, failure two. Yeah, if I had to guess, I think someone like took a like did anal- analysis of like all the dice because like they posted like an image of like some dice on the table, and they're like, oh they extrapolated based on this side and that side, what exactly it is. And I don't know. They have, I just... they have a lot more free time than I have. Then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you can just tell me next week, Matt. <laughs> we'll do. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully we'll get some yeah, we'll... Uh, pictures and video. Hopefully we'll know pretty soon. Um, yeah. Combat trees. Fascinating. The expertise charts or I think where we're going to see like more of like a character's fighting style come out. Um, like Ahsoka's defensive expertise is called acrobatics, um, which is just, I mean, when she's going around and fighting people, she's like jumping around and running around a bunch. So that's a, I think a really cool addition to, to the game, like to just make a character seem more, I don't know thematic outside of just like their abilities. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, the great thing is too. So now understanding, seeing a combat, you know, combat card for like their stance card and seeing Ahsoka's as an example, going back to the previous transmission, you can use that knowledge to see two other characters in, um, Asajj and Darth Maul, because the majority of their cards are kind of revealed on that mm-hmm. transmission as well. Um, uh, Asajj in particular has a lot of crits uh, on her attack expertise side. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's an assassin. So, well, I mean, plus two, two lightsabers as well. So, yeah, that's true. Twice the chance for crits. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. Matt. Um, and one more thing to mention too is some characters will actually have different stances that they can switch between. So I do believe uh, Anakin, for instance, has two separate stances that he can actually go into. Yep. 
He does. And speaking of Anakin, let's uh let's jump into just a full-on overview of him. So he's obviously a primary character. Uh, he is. He has seven squad points that he can spend on his secondary and supporting units, and he's got four force points. Uh, Matt, why don't you do the honors of talking about like his stat card specifically, since we had started to touch that a little bit earlier, but I don't think we covered quite everything on it. Yeah, we didn't do all of his abilities and everything. Um, so like, like we said, he's general Anakin Skywalker, uh, his like unique name is Anakin Skywalker. He's a primary unit, um, on his front side, he's got an active, uh, ability of force jump. Um, each other, this, each other character in this unit may jump. I saw the little symbol. It's got a, like almost a tap symbol for magic, uh, just to give you an idea of what it looks like. Those that are listening. Um, his reaction, he has two reactionaries. Um, one is I'm going to end this. That one costs two force points, uh, force jump cost one. Um, after this unit makes a combat action, it may use this ability. One character in this unit may make an attack, a targeting one of the same enemy characters within range and line of sight. His other reactive is called deflect after a range attack targeting Anakin in, in this unit is resolved. This unit may use this ability. If the attack contained one or more failure results, the attacking unit suffers uh, uh, like explosion, explosion. So I'm probably two damage. damage. Yeah. Assuming damage. And then his, uh, his identity ability. Yeah, his identity, innate identity. Uh, that we already covered that one a little bit. So that's where this is where the fun begins. When this character in his unit wounds a primary enemy primary unit or enemy enemy secondary unit after the effect resolve, move the force the struggle token one space towards your momentum tokens. Then, if the wounded unit is a primary unit, each Galactic Republic character may, I guess, heal the stamina. So he has eleven stamina, three durability. He's 501st Force user again, uh, Galactic Republic, and a Jedi. Then he has two stance cards that we mentioned a second ago. Yeah. Uh, Sean, why don't you uh, talk a little bit about his stance cards and what they offer us? Yeah, absolutely. Um, The first one here is the Form 5 Dim Show. Uh, it has he has eight attack power and for melee, with five defense on ranged and his melee stats. Um, he has his tracker here of the first three pips are it looks like three damage, two damage, two damage again with a uh, potential like bleed. It looks like status effect, and then from there you can pick a path of either a. Uh, potential like move with another damage, or it was like a shove with a damage. Um, they both interjoin to another spot, or the same spot, rather, with uh, a move forward with more damage and some sort of target symbol with the damage. That may be the focus symbol at this point. I, so that'd yeah, be interesting if, if, you are, if you Yahtzee it, you get a whole bunch of successes. They, don't, they can't block at all, and you're able to rip through all this damage and still get focus, so your next attack is hitting even harder. Um, or my, my other thought potentially with that symbol, what if it gives him another action? Like, he rolled that good. Now, like, Ooh. he's a... Um, 
he's like just gonna like you know keep pushing the limits because like that's kind of what anakin does you know like he just tries to keep gaining the upper hand i wouldn't think that symbol would be that because if we look at his other uh just to foreshadow a little bit uh that symbol appears lower in his combat tree on the other form and this uh, is let me dream let me dream <laughs> yeah th- this is the more attack focused stance so <laughs> I, I don't think that's it uh but that top part of his a split is a probably a damage and a jump because that's that same symbol for his uh, force jump. That's ability. right. Yes, you are correct. Uh, yeah, good uh, good catch there. I appreciate that. Um, so his expertise on the, his attacks for the lightsaber, uh, one, he gets a crit, uh, two to three, he gets two crits, and then four plus, he just gets three crits to add to the combat tree. Um, for his defensive form, it looks like he gets a block. Um, I'm not sure what that second symbol is. Um, the more like uh, orange symbol here. And then he gets, it looks to be like a defensive expertise on that. And so for he gets that for the one and two. And if he gets three plus, he'll get two blocks. Uh, again, that symbol, that uh, orange symbol, and then another expertise too. Um so that is it seems to be his more aggressive attack form his defensive he only has two modes on his expertise side of his defensive part however he gets a lot of crits he gets to add as he gains expertise for his attacks um moving over you have his four and five shin um which is one less attack dice for his melees um, but he adds one extra defense dice for both ranged and melee um he starts off with the tree of it was to be a move forward with two damage and he can go either a bit more aggressive on one side branching down into looks like uh two damage with another move one damage with a move a force jump with two damage and then it looks to be like a gun that's broken so maybe it's like a hindrance on ranged attacks or like attacking in that sense with another damage um moving up the tracker it looks like he gets to heal um a stamina he gets two damage and again with that plus symbol again looks like potentially like that focus or you know completely extra action as kenny mentioned yep that's that's gotta be it yeah you heard it here first everyone that's right uh he gets to heal two and then the last one would be a it looks like it's a, it's a shove or push or that that's the shove it's symbol. Shove. So yeah, yeah, it's a shove. So it's, okay, shove symbol with two damage on it. Um, his expertise are an additional strike for one, two additional strikes for two through three, and on four plus he gets a crit with two strikes. Um, the defensive form, however, becomes a a lot more um, robust of. One block, again, with that orange symbol with an expertise. Um, Two blocks with the same two at the end. And then four plus, he gets three blocks with the uh, same symbol in the other. So it seems like he'll be a lot more tanky in the other form. Um, My guess, just like early thought processes here, is he would want to most likely be in that defensive form as he pushes up the board. And once you get him in the fray, flip over to Jim So and start wrecking face. Sounds good to me. I, uh, I want to talk about his care or his stat card. Some too like that. I'm going to end this ability. Like it costs two force, but 
it makes a lot of sense with the uh, is this is where the fun begins ability because like he's gunning after like a primary secondary unit like he wants to be going after you know the general grievances the count dooku's of the world um and so being able to like potentially double attack them to trigger that identity uh this is where the fun begins to uh heal uh each galactic republic character in his squad like that's that seems like a really fun and cool synergy to try and play with right i, I agree um real well, fast that's being uh, reckless like you talked about too so i mean yeah he's gonna make that double attack and uh try yeah, to get that extra yeah. action yep yeah, uh, a clarification actually on the defensive form. So kind of going back to seeing a card, I can see it's in a little bit bigger of a printing. Um, it looks like that symbol means he get you turn a crit of someone's attack into a strike, so you can block it. Oh, yeah. So it looks like yeah. So getting higher expertise, meaning like okay, I have these additional blocks. Plus that crit is now just a regular hit, therefore I can block it. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. I like that idea. Um, oh man, Dark Side doesn't get any of that. <laughs> Going back and looking at the two forms we can see for uh, Maul and uh, uh, Ventress, they're not right. those kinds of characters. Like I feel like Dooku is Dooku, a lot more yeah. of like defensive Sith, and so he he'd probably get something more along those lines. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's, all gas no breaks. <laughs> All gas, but no breaks. Maul does get the heal on his uh, defensive side, though. Yeah, that's that seems about right. Um, yeah, this is cool. I'm looking forward to seeing more characters. Kind of curious. We're recording uh, on Sunday the 19th, so obviously tomorrow we're uh, we're getting a new article probably. Um, and so I'm curious to see who we might get then um if you were going to like who would you who would y'all want to see next would y'all want to see ahsoka would we see captain rex next because he's anakin secondary what do y'all think i'd rather see another primary uh give us one of the one of the dark side ones agreed myself so i mean that's probably be the side of the box yeah that'd be the side of the box i'm probably more focused on myself Oh yeah, I've always liked villains a... for the most part. So I mean, they they usually have the better storyline in most things. Just they're just misunderstood. Yeah, from a certain point of view. <laughs> yeah, Thanos was misunderstood. He was right. What are you talking about? Pal- Palpatine was misunderstood. He, he Palpatine was did nothing into power. Wrong. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. The, the people wanted that. The people chose this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is this is gonna be fun. I hope I hope we get some streams of the gameplay this week. As yeah, that well, would be but nice. I don't. I think AMG has said that people can record their demos, but they won't have anything officially at Adepticon for for streaming. But that doesn't mean they won't be streaming from their office. But That's I'd imagine true. most That's of them true. are at Adepticon. Um, there's also just, been talk, just a note. Yeah, there's also been note that I think they're actually going to have a panel there um, at Adepticon as well, if I recall correctly. So we may get some even more just crazier announcements. 
Yeah, I mean, I know when like Crisis Protocol was first announced, like they had that display kit with oh yeah that Drax and a bunch of other people and um, like a display case. So I'm curious as to what other models we might see. Like I think we'll like I mean uh, in the Kravik video, like they talked about Mace Windu, um, and they talked about uh, I think that was like the big one that I caught. Um, but I mean, I, we'd probably see Mace. Like, I think we'll, may, we could see, um, Yoda, like some of the other Jedi masters. I think, uh, um, Cad Bane was heavily mentioned at one oh, point. Oh, that, yeah, that would be nice. Yes. Oh, I that need to get be... like a Bane, like a, a, a mask and like talk like him or talk like Bane from Batman. <laughs> i hope i hope hondo's there i really hope hondo's there that would be a cool one to see matt if he's there i need you to send me a picture please oh any any pictures i take of stuff they might have displayed i'll definitely put, throw them up in our discord for people to yeah check out. yeah join our discord uh please. we would love to talk with you all about star wars shatterpoint or crisis protocol or both um, or just off-topic things too. Yeah, off-topic things. Um, what characters would y'all want to see then? Spoil that Adepticon. Like, if you had like one character, probably probably Clone Wars. Like, I don't think we're going to see Rebellion era yet or Imperial era. Like, who would y'all want to see from Clone Wars era? Sean, do you want to go first? Because I have a feeling sure, I might steal yours if. Uh... If I, if I go first. You, you probably would. I think I mentioned him last episode, but yes, Plo Koon. I mean, yep. I, there's no no question. Um, yeah. I want I want my orange sabered boy. I I think. Uh, I well, I mean, he had multiple justice. sabers. He had blue at one point too. He did. He did. You're not. I wrong, like that. I like him yeah. better with the yellow or the orange though. Same. Wait, same. when did he and, have an orange saber? Um. So what I remember him from with having that Jedi uh, power like, battles. Yes, absolutely. Oh, so, so not not canon stuff. Yeah, um, correct. But still, um, <laughs> you can. Paint I, it that I, way. I that one hundred percent will. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I I just want him to do do my boy right. I'm so pumped to have him on the table. Um, I I honestly can't wait. So barring that pick, um, I think my other big choice would be. Oh man. It's just so hard to think of just one. Say Jar Jar. Um, no, I'm not going to say Jar That's your pick. <laughs> um, I picked Hondo already. Um, well, I'll choose another very seldom seen during the prequel trilogy, Bounty Hunter. I'll say Aura Singh. Ooh. Okay. Right. I can you see her for a split Sing. second uh, in uh, episode one. But she's in some of the other other stuff. She was in, uh, I think, Clone Wars, the TV show, for some episodes. Yeah, she she is in Clone Wars. Yep. So I'll I'll say that one. Yeah, uh, it'll be cool to see. Hopefully, they got a good amount of models on display. Um, Would love to see some Wookies as well. All right, Matt. We're jumping into the end game. What would you like to talk about today? Uh, so, like this past weekend, my local shop actually had a Blood Bowl tournament um, to like kind of end our league that we just started up back in November. 
Um, we actually had like 14 people come. Um, originally, somebody was coming from Wisconsin all the way down to Chattanooga. So that was going to be amazing. But they had like a family mercy or some, something. But we ended up having, I think, 14 from, I think, far away was uh, Lexington, Kentucky, uh, come down. And that was fun. We played three rounds. Uh, I lost to one of the guys that was in the final in the first round, but won my other two matches. So I actually ended up finishing fourth. I don't know how, but um, so I was actually the local player that finished the highest in our tournament. So that was that was pretty fun. Nice. Uh, I played the dwarfs in that tournament. So can I can fun. I say that Blood Bowl is like the most metal sounding game ever? It, it's pretty fun, but you cannot take that game seriously. The dice hate you in that game. <laughs> and just the name of it them. sounds so like hardcore, though. Yeah, like Blood I, I, Bowl. I originally picked it up back in like 2016 when they relaunched it again to uh, take place of Guild Ball because it was kind of on the outs and then it resurged again but in my local area. But um, So we had somebody move locally uh, to town locally uh, back in like October and whatnot. And that's what it took somebody from new coming in. And that was like their favorite game to actually get everybody else enthused and playing it again. So finally nice. got to start playing it. That's awesome. Sean, what about you? What have you been playing or doing lately? I just wrapped up an Infinity League. Um, went uh, out of six rounds, went three and one. And there's a reason why I've uh, missed two, because I was in Costa Rica for one and then out of town for a, a, the other week for uh, some business. Um, but it was a really cool slow kind of uh not slow grow but they had an achievement style league so you were looking to do a bunch of off the wall things with this long achievement list um that sounds cool i did yeah it was my uh second crack at kind of getting into the game i played a league for it uh, a year and a half ago um and ended up just not gelling with what i picked to play in that game so I switched over to um, sectoral called Assassin's Baram, which have a lot of like neat tricks, kind of like four deployment style. Um, they kind of get to jump on you really quick and you either weather the storm or you get overrun. Um, then currently I'm actually in the middle of a Warhammer 40k league I'm going into round three and I'm officially two and oh. And that's nice. so nice. pretty cool. Yeah. What, uh, what are you some... playing in, uh, in that one? Well, I wish I was playing Leagues of Votan, but the all the things I need for them has, still have not hit my store yet. Um, GW has been sold out of the stuff for quite yeah, some time. Yeah, I still have not been able to acquire any of the vehicles for that, like the I'm the at the point. Fortress and... <laughs> yeah, I'm at the point I just need the Sagittars, which is like the transport vehicle. Yeah, um, I don't have any of those yet either, because that's what right. I picked up to play in 40k myself. Yeah, I, it's like the hardest thing to find right now. I, they, I have two on order. They still haven't come in, but I digress. I'm playing Custodes. Um, I picked them up to for Warhammer 30k and 40k, since a lot of the models kind of mix and match between both settings. Um, I'm not really the biggest Imperium player or per fanboy or whatever, but like uh, Custodes are really cool. They're very elite, so they're pretty cheap to get into until you start getting into the Forge World stuff. But uh, yeah, yeah. Expensive. Um, I just happened to look out to be like, yeah, I guess I'll just play these guys instead. And uh, they got that huge FAQ that came out with Arcs of Omen. 
um, which is like the new like st- st- tournament setting, essentially match play setting. And they got buffed to the point they're like one of like the top five armies to be playing right now. So nice. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's what I've been doing. Um, outside of that, prepping for this Marvel Crisis Protocol tournament that I'm hosting May 20th. Yeah. Go to Memphis, play Marvel Crisis Protocol. I won't be there, but other people will. I, I'll be there. Yeah. So. Um, it's always a good time. And then I have been, I guess, like starting to get some like Lego, like the Star Wars helmets or like the Thanos Infinity Gauntlets. Like those sets are sweet. Uh, I picked up. I, well, I found like a $50 Target gift card on the ground the other day, just like lying around, no one around. So I was like, uh, I guess this is mine now. Uh, and so I bought <laughs> the Captain Rex Lego helmet for, nice. for $50 off effectively. Um, and so been building those. Love how those sets look. They're super crisp and really fun to put together. So would highly recommend them if you've, you know, just got an endless amount of money that you want to spend on stuff. Because they Heck ain't yeah. cheap either. <laughs> no, they're not. More plastic, right? Right. Well, a lot of my other money, my other hobby money has been going towards magic lately. So, <laughs> cardboard crack. <sighs> I can't do TCGs ever since Destiny died. Yeah, I do miss that one. Of course, they pumped out way too much of that game too fast so i couldn't keep up anyway uh yeah it's more so like you know they have rotations and it's like you buy a bunch of stuff and then like at a certain point it gets obsoleted and like it's just yeah that meant when they started rotation that's kind of when i like stopped with that game i was like well i can't keep buying all this to try to stay competitive yeah i mean it's it's just that whole concept of like like breaking boxes is kind of like a gambling addiction and not fun. Oh, it's, it's, it's fun. It's, but... <laughs> it's a blast, but yeah, it's not fun on the bank account. No, um, but yeah, that's a, that's all we've got for tonight. Uh, hopefully everyone's excited for, or as excited for Shatterpoint as we are. Uh, we're excited to see the demo and our next episode will be, uh, in a couple weeks after everyone gets back from Adepticon and has had time to, you know, get back see their families and then uh then we'll get on and record and talk about everything we've learned so my name is kenny and until next time keep on gaming 